you know, we've gone to extraordinary lengths to try to do, you know, what we do at Merivale, which is, you know, make people happy, you know, really good guest experience and improve the food. But it's such an unknown for us. Like, I've never cooked for 45,000 people in a 10 minute period. This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. Cricket in Australia is summer. And with the Sydney test on, we thought it might be apt to catch up with a chef and cricket tragic Mike Eggett to tell us what Mary Vale has in store at the SCG. Mike, how are you? Good, Huck. Good. Busy, obviously. You know, <laughs> ready for the ashes. <laughs> well, summer is a busy time for hospitality. Um, from a food sense, what do you love about summer? Oh, look, you know, it's it's probably the easiest, like, time to cook in Australia because the customers all know what they want and you know you're dictated by the weather it's bloody hot so grill things serve it with acid lots of salt a bit of herbs and don't really mess around with it you as I mentioned in the intro you are a bit of a cricket tragic and now you're part of a team that's delivering the food for one of the world's greatest uh, cricketing venues Uh, how does that feel um it's awesome, to be honest. You're right. Like, I am a complete cricket tragic. You know, I, I, I played cricket every summer when I was a kid from six until the age of 22. Um, only stopped because I realised that going out drinking and partying with girls was more enjoyable than spending 200 overs in the field during summer. Um, you know, now I just get in trouble for watching cricket all the time instead of playing it. Uh, but, no, I'm a total nupty uh, when it comes to cricket. I love it. And, you know, working at the SCG... Um, it's just, it's amazing. You know, like we're cooking in the the members stand, which is, you know, it's, it's awesome. You know, like <clears throat> couldn't, couldn't ask for a better gig. Give us an idea of the various things that are going on and, and um, what you're, what you're presenting to the market there. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's like twofold for us. Like one is, it's just a massive step into the unknown, you know, and there's an enormous team of really talented people in Merivale that were either pre-existing staff or people that we've brought in. And, you know, we've gone to extraordinary lengths to try to do, you know, what we do at Merivale, which is, you know, make people happy, you know, really good guest experience and improve the food. But it's such an unknown for us. Like I've never cooked for 45,000 people in a 10 minute period. Um, Not many people have. It's, you know, it's bizarre. Like, you know, you have a drinks break in the cricket, and the entire stadium stands up and wants a beer. So it's such a eye-opening experience to be doing that kind of food service. But I guess the product that we're putting out, you know, like Justin just challenged us and backed us and said, you know, just go for it. Um, he wants to he wants to show people what we do on a large scale. So I mean, we brought in some of the most popular brands from the company. So we're doing, you know, El Loco's hot dogs. Um, we, we've revised the old Papi Chulo menu. We've got like smoked briskets and smoked ribs and, you know, pulled pork sandwiches, smoked chicken wings. Daniel Alvarez and Ben Greeno kind of went mad scientist on like different versions of chicken. So we've got fried chicken. Um, you know, Daniel's done a pulled chicken and cheese kind of 
Cubano sandwich, but not using pork, like using chicken. They've made a chicken tandoori wrap. Uh, we brought Jimmy's falafel in, but we've added, you know, meat, meat falafels, uh, sorry, meat, like, you know, kebabs as well as just their usual falafel and vegetarian lead stuff. Dan Hong's brought his dumplings, you know, and some of his dishes from Miss G's and Mr. Wong. Vincenzo's doing his pizza, but he's doing it like Chicago style deep dish. Um, it's, it's awesome. Like, you know, Jordan Toft is basically recreated a, a version of Coogee ground floor level. So we're, you know, trying to bring that beach vibe feel to, to summer at the cricket. So it's kind of perfect, you know, cold beers, fresh prawns, oysters, or if you want, you know, I spent oh, so many months working with the guys from Sonoma to make a new pie for the stadium. And, you know, like the guys at Sonoma are unreal and it's such a unreal thing to be able to stand behind a product that uses Australian butter, Australian flour, Australian beef made in Australia. It's like it's the SCG pie. It's unreal. You stole my thunder. I was going to say, how can you have a menu without a pie at the cricket? T- tell us about this pie that you've created. What, what did you, what inspired you for, with the flavor? Well, like anyone, I mean, this is a podcast, right? But if we're on television, you would see that I am a man who knows a pie, right? Like I'm not eating, you know, you know, sushi. I'm a fat boy, all right? Like I know what it is to have a pie. I know what it is to get there at nine o'clock in the morning and stay till seven o'clock at night and have 35 schooners in your belly and just need something quick, you know? So <clears throat> even though we've done a good pie, it's a, it's a cricket pie. It's a footy pie. You know, the guys from Sonoma, they get Australian beef. They're mincing it down, making a proper gravy. They're folding it through. There's a little bit of flour in there to thicken it. Like, we haven't done anything crazy. There's no red wine juice or, you know, anything that's going to scare the punters off. This is a proper pie. It's just made well. You know, we just made really beautiful gravy beef and put it in a pure buttery fat pastry. It's perfect. No, not everything about the cricket is standing on the hill and, and having a beer. There is uh, the glorious members stand there and the offerings in there. You mentioned you'll be cooking inside there. What, what's going to go on in the members stand? So Nathan Johnson, who runs Felix, um, he's done his own sort of French style bistro with a carvery. So if you're in the members area, you can go have the roast pork, have the roast beef, all the trimmings, gravies, veggies, all the bits and bobs, you know, they'll also cook your steak to order. Um, or you can start with charcuteries like, you know, pâtés and terrines and all the good stuff that you'd want from a classic French bistro. And that's why you're sitting there watching Australia thump England, you know, um, which is, you know, it's nice. You know, like that's the dessert on top of the meal, you know. Watching poor old Joe Root just wear another one in the box. Um, and, you know, along with that, as I said, like Jordan Toss recreated his version of the Coogee Ground Floor, um, which has got – you know, good burgers, like proper chicken burgers. So it's a proper chicken breast with real breadcrumbs, you know, like inside a burger with real mayonnaise, real fresh cabbage, like nothing processed, nothing frozen, all real. You know, we work with the team from Havericks and they make every chicken stitzel to order, you know, like it's all proper crumb, all, all genuine. It's the same, like the same burger that we roll out across a group, um, cooked to order beef patty, proper cheese, proper sauce, proper lettuce. Like that's, that's what I think people like want. We didn't reinvent the wheel. We just, you know, made it faster, you know, who's in control of the, uh, the rostering at the SCG. Did you manage to um, make sure that you got uh, a seat for vital sessions? Yeah. So um, this ashes 
test. I'm looking after the, the Papi Chulo smoked meat, which will obviously be cooked 48 hours before the event starts because any good smoked meat takes at least 24 hours to cook. So on the day, I'll be standing there just watching the cricket basically and making sure that the, <laughs> making sure that the sliced meat goes on a bun. Um, look, the rostering, it's definitely the kind of thing that you want to, uh, you know, be a part of the journey, but also keep your eye on the game and maybe have a cheeky beer in the afternoon session if you can rust yourself off for a little bit. And outside of that, I don't want to know anything about the rostering because putting a 1,000 people to work on a casual roster just sounds like the kind of headache that I seriously can't handle. I struggle as it is to fill a kitchen with 20 chefs, let alone a 1,000 people. You've uh, had an incredible influence with all sorts of things that you've done with the various iterations of Pinbone, but and Totties since then has, has really taken off and it's um, in multiple locations now. What's it been like bringing that uh, restaurant brand to life? Look, it's been fantastic, you know, and um, I'm really hoping that we can do a version of Totties at the Sydney Football Stadium as well because that's going to be the new redevelopment. Um, so we're hoping to put a Totties or something like a Totties in there. Um, but, yeah, bringing Totties to life, it's been um, challenging, fun, exciting. I never thought I'd have three restaurants of the same ilk. Uh, there's a fourth one coming in Byron. So um, I would have never thought that, you know, people would like our food to that degree. But I guess, um, you know, the the expansion and, the you know, the, the duplication of it is all Justin. You know, he's got a great eye for things that the people like and and – identified really early on that Toddy's really resonated with the general public and he just he just laid out the path and just told me how to do it and I just follow his genius basically. You've got a wonderful touch as a cook. Tell us a bit about the food at Toddy's and is there a dish or two that you think really exemplifies the success of it? Yeah, I mean, it's a funny one now, Huck. Like, it used to be such a, a personal menu, like, and it was really my thing. And now I'm really lucky because I have three head chefs at each venue. And it's funny, like, I wouldn't say there was, like, there's obviously signature dishes that stay on and, you know, like there's the lamb pappadelli, for instance, or the bread. You know, they're never going to change. But what I really get excited about is now with the three head chefs, they all have their little tweak. Like, they all have their own voice. Um, and they're, you know, the young, passionate cooks coming up that want to, you know, have their own kind of say in things. And they really get the Toddy's brand. They really love it. So it's awesome to see them do their own kind of, you know, little dishes within that Toddy's brand and have their own sort of fingerprint on their own individual um, venues. Like Tom at Bondi at the moment, he's doing a whole roast duck and, you know, he's not doing anything with it. He's just roasting a duck and serving it. And I just think it's like the perfect kind of arrogant cooking where he's just got duck you know, fire oven, serving it on a plate, and it's just delicious. Like, it's perfect. You know, Jake at Bartotti's, he's doing his version of a creme caramel, and it's just like, I don't even know how it sets because it just tastes like liquid. And the minute it hits your tongue, just kind of dissolves into soft cream. It's, again, perfect, really salty, really delicious. And Isaac, who's just started at Roselle, he's got some of the best vegetable side dishes on that I've ever had. He's got this wood fire roasted leek dish with smoked butter, which is just out of this world. And this mixed bean dish with this anchovy kind of salsa verde kind of sauce. And it's just epic, you know, like, and so that's what I'm really excited about. The moment. That's what I really like about Toddy's. It's seeing these three, you know, leaders, you know, drive this into the future. 
you uh, we talked about that you're a cricket tragic and you've been playing since, since you were six. Do you have any stories of uh, the great Mike Eggett on the cricket pitch? <laughs> oh, look, I was a, I was never going to make it in any form of you know, but I, I suppose I suppose in my mind I thought I was the next Glenn McGrath. Um, <laughs> yeah, I probably started. I remember when I was in year six, they told me I ran in like Merv Hughes. And I think the closest I ever got to being the big Merv was probably in the belly department, you know. But um, you know, I had a decent, I, did, I had a decent sort of fast bowling kind of routine. I turned up one day at Roselle um, to a, a green top that hadn't had covers on for about four days in monsoonal rain, and managed to snare eight for twelve. That was probably the the highlight of my my career. You know, I don't think I did much to be honest. You, I think anyone could have taken wickets on that day. Uh, certainly, I certainly have no stories of um, st- stories with the willow. I was a shocking batsman. I think the uh, the greatest achievement I ever got was I bought a Ulysses bat, which was the same one that Viv Richards used from a Melbourne maker down in you know, Victoria. Um, but I think most of the runs scored with it were by teammates who were just excited to use that bat. I was lucky if I could pick it up the right way. Well, um, you've definitely been taking a lot of wickets as a, as a chef and you no doubt will at the SCG over the, the coming days with the test. Do you have any predictions for um, what the score might be by the end? Oh, look, <laughs> we've seen that England have no spinners. Um, I'd say that Australia will probably close it out in three days. Um, I'd say we'll bat first, put about 500 on, roll them in four sessions for both innings if, if I had my way. Uh, Pat Cummins and Hazelwood can roll through the top order and Lino can roll them at the end. Wow, that's quite a prediction. Um, <laughs> I hope my... there's not English fans listening, but they won't need my response anymore. Uh, as, as always, Mike, absolute pleasure to catch up with you. Good luck with the offering at the SCG and the coming one at the uh, Sydney Football Stadium as well. Incredible stuff. Um, please keep in touch and uh, have a great summer and we'll catch up again soon. Thanks, Huck. Really appreciate it, mate. Cheers. This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. Stay tuned as we take a deep dive into the lives of the incredible people who ply their trade in the food and hospitality sector. Special thanks to executive producer Rob Locke for making this all happen. Follow us on Instagram at Deep in the Weeds Podcast or email us at podcast at deepintheweeds.com.au. Stay safe and be well.